genre. the doctor's companion presents doctor who the long way around the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of doctor who one doctor at a time i'm scott corelli i'm cassandra Fredrickson, and i'm nick jimenez and today on the show we will be discussing the two doctors which is the six doctors fifth story and the second doctors question mark i don't know <laughs> um i don't i don't know which of his final story i mean Sort of, technically. I have so many questions. So the first, the first one, the first thing is in continuity for the second Doctor. The two Doctors happens between Fury from the Deep and the and uh, the Wheel in Space. Um, so it slots in right between those two stories, which is I don't know what that means yet. Nope, you sure don't. Cast does. Yep. Don't worry, listeners. I don't know what that means either. Yeah. That's that's why I'm here. So it slots in uh, right after they they say goodbye to Victoria and uh, before we meet Zoe. Um, so it's uh, it's 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 the it's like the only space where the second doctor and Jamie are uh, are, are bachelor men uh, traversing the universe together. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. It is um, not as cool as it sounds. <laughs> no. Uh well, okay, so um background and significance uh obviously this is um important because there's two doctors, but uh what's even more important I would say is uh I'm I'm fascinated with the fact that this isn't an anniversary episode. Like it's it's just a regular episode. <laughs> um they did the five doctors in 1983 for the 20th anniversary. And it was such a big hit that John Nathan Turner wanted to do another one. Uh, just cause I guess not understanding that it's the fact that <laughs> they don't happen very often is what makes them special. Right. Um, but uh, he just wanted to do a random one. So he, he, uh, he reached out to uh, Robert Holmes and he's like, Hey, will you write this at the same time? He was, uh, also keen to make a story set in North America, in the United States, because uh, Doctor Who had sort of grown a, a cult following in the in the mid seventies and um, had uh, become sort of uh, you know like a semi popular sci fi show. Like people knew what Doctor Who was in America now, and mm -hmm. uh, so he wanted to sort of lean into that and and do a story that uh, took place in America. However, this had always been prohibitively expensive, but uh, the BBC's North American distributor, known as Lionheart, was interested in investing in the project uh, because they felt that they would be able to market it and uh, maybe have like a really big, you know, hit as far as, you know, Doctor Who on PBS is concerned. Um, so... 
so yeah, so they started doing this. Nathan Turner had gone uh, in 1981, had gone on vacation to Mardi Gras. So he wanted to set the story in New Orleans. Um, and so uh, he basically was like, okay, so I want – I want this to be a multi-doctor story. I want it to be the second Doctor and Jamie. I want it to be set in New Orleans. I want it to feature the Centaurans. Uh, and basically just gave a laundry list of things to Robert Robert Holmes, who uh, notoriously despises laundry lists. Um, but he <laughs> – he does. I mean he hates when you tell him what to write. He hates it more than anything in the world. Um, and he basically gave him like a ton of stuff. And uh, said, write it about this. So he wasn't super happy about that, but he agreed to do it anyway because he liked the idea of writing a multi-doctor story and uh, was interested in writing another Centauran story if only because he felt that he needed to redeem them from the two stories that he didn't write that featured them that he hated (laughs) so much. Um, So he wanted to redeem them uh, because he was like, no, my creations. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so he agreed to do it. He came back with this idea that was going to feature, um, at first he wanted it to be, uh, a, an alien race. He created an alien race who was really into jazz and that's why it took place in New Orleans. That's amazing. Yeah. They were really into jazz. Uh, later this was, um, this was changed because as you may have guessed it, the New Orleans thing fell through. Um, <laughs> They, uh, the basically Lionheart, uh, agreed to invest in it prior to actually checking to see if they had the money to do so. And they realized that they didn't and backed out of it, uh, which uh, John Nathan Turner was, um, pretty furious about. And because he never got to do it, he never got to do an American story. Uh, in fact, I don't think they did an American story until the, um, the, the movie, right? The movie, but I don't think the movie was filmed in America. I'm no, pretty it sure Vancouver. it was filmed in Canada. Yeah. yeah, in Vancouver. So I don't think they really did a Doctor Who story in America until uh, Impossible Astronaut, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, was, I remember that being like a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, they uh, – he was like, all right, well, what about Venice? And they're like, we can't go to Venice. That's way too expensive. Uh, we we have enough money for half a story, and this is th- this is three forty five minute episodes long. <laughs> all of the like everything was falling apart because they, it was all predicated on the fact that it was going to be co financed with Lionheart, and when they dropped out, they only had half a budget because he'd already spent everything else on the rest of the season. So. Uh, he was basically like, okay, well, what about this, um, this, this place in Spain? Can we do, can we do that? And they're like, yeah, we can do that as long as everyone agrees to, uh, you know, basically taking half seas on their, uh, their, uh, uh, pay. And, Mm uh, everyone miraculously agreed to do that. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so they everyone got paid halfsies um for this story uh in order for them to film it on location in Spain. Um I don't think it was worth it. <laughs> I really don't. I think they should have just had it be set somewhere where they film normally. I don't I don't think it really adds much to it. Um and as a result of this move, uh the aliens couldn't be um 
uh, into jazz, so they changed it to uh, they were uh, gourmets, uh, really into food. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's how we got that to happen. Um, and then uh, Robert Robert Holmes was very upset that they had moved it from America because – there was apparently throughout the story there was a t- like this just this running gag about the differences between uh British English and American English that he was very sad to see go because he was very <laughs> he was very happy with how clever they were um and instead he just uh he just really ragged on uh, the gourmet thing and the eating people and the vegetarianism jokes and all of that. That's what he uh, ended up going with. And uh, it wasn't uh, – not quite as good. Not quite as good. No. Um, I I don't know if Robert Holmes is a vegetarian, but I wonder if he is based on this story. Um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure. There's a lot of uh, – well, we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so all of that, um, you know, uh, Troughton was very excited to return. He had hopes of one day returning to the show in in a secret cameo as uh, as a story's monster. Um, he he had always wanted to do that, That's and so they cool. were. <laughs> Yeah, and they were they were making plans for him to come back during uh, Sylvester McCoy's era to do that, um, but unfortunately, uh, in 1987, two years after the airing of this, mm-hmm. he went to a Doctor Who convention in uh, Georgia, in in Columbus, Georgia, and uh, he suffered a fatal heart attack and died um, two years after this. So he didn't uh, he didn't manage to get that in, unfortunately, but. Um, this is this is his last uh his last time playing the second doctor this is the last time that uh that uh, Fraser Hines played Jamie on screen mm-hmm. um and it's uh yeah i mean it's kind of bittersweet and it's 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 a mess of an episode it's certainly robert holmes's uh messiest episode i would say um and but it's Still Robert Holmes, so it's still better than most things. Yeah. Um, but it it is definitely his messiest story. I think it's a little all over the place. But I, you know, based on what he went through writing it, I don't. I, it's fine. Um, I think <laughs> you know, like he did his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. If, if you want to know about the dish, go into the kitchen. You know, right? Yeah, totally. This was a this was an uphill this was an uphill battle. This story. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's that's the two doctors. That's basically. That's basically that. I I thought there was going to be more to it than that, but it it was really just wanting to film in America, and not getting to. Um, I thought there was going to be more about this being a crossover, but it really wasn't. It was just yeah. It was just that he wanted Man. to do it. <laughs> I I I don't I don't want to tell anyone over at 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 IDW or or, or Big Finish about what to do with their with their property, but I mean. The, the doctor and Jamie going to to New Orleans for Mardi Gras would be. Oh um, yeah, I would be surprised if they didn't end up doing that at some point. I have to look into yeah. it. They might have. Yeah. They might have because they do Big Finish and uh, and the 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 Doctor Who comic uh, licensees. Um, they they do like to take these old ideas and sort of adapt them into new stories. Um, these cool, unused yeah. ideas. They do that all the time. So uh, that's. Entirely possible, um, or even a novel, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah totally. That too as, as well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so that's interesting. I think the only other interesting thing that I I, I kind of like about this uh, story is that there's a whole season of uh, Six Doctor Big Finish Audios where his companion is Jamie. And so I like seeing their initial interactions in this story mm-hmm. uh, and knowing that they're going to be Doctor and Companion um, in the future. I think that's kind of cool. But uh, that's it. Two Doctors. From 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 five to two. Yeah. Um, this is also uh, Peter, Peter Moffat's uh, final directorial gig. Um, prior to this, uh, he had uh, – Prior to this, he had directed the uh, just the 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 wonderful Twin Dilemma, um, and uh, just yeah, <laughs> sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> Peter Moffat. Um, he did some so, Fifth Doctor ones too, right? I think so. Yeah, Sounds but this familiar. was his final story. Um, is uh, is this one? But yeah, so that's hey, uh, he went out with a bang. Good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, let's, let's talk about the two doctors. The two doctors, part one, written by Robert Holmes, directed by Peter Moffat, produced by John Nathan Turner, script edited by Eric Sayward, air date 18th of February, 1985. The Time Lords have sent the second doctor and his companion, Jamie, to a space research station to see Dastari, the director of projects, about stopping his time travel experiments that are rattling the fabric of time. The doctor is further alarmed by Dastari's latest genetic experiment, boosting the intelligence of a bestial and carnivorous androgam female named Jacine. The secondary concern soon proves the greater problem. The Andrigum have sided with the Centaurans to take over the station. The station soon falls, and the Doctor is captured and tortured. Meanwhile, the Sixth Doctor is on holiday with Perry when he suddenly feels his very existence jeopardized by something in his past and decides to check in with his old friend Dastari. Traveling to the research station, the Doctor and Perry find that everyone on board is dead and narrowly escape being killed themselves by a security computer. In Dastari's office, they discover evidence that the Time Lords are being framed for the massacre. On Earth, Chasine, an unaltered androgam male named Shockeye, and a Centauran named Major Varl seize a Spanish hacienda in Seville. An ex-actor named Oscar, who runs a restaurant in town, sees a Centauran ship land nearby. He follows it to the Hacienda, where he watches as Dasari and another Centauran soldier carry an unconscious second doctor inside. Back on the research station, the sixth doctor tries to disconnect the security computer when Perry is suddenly attacked by a humanoid in rags. Her cries distract the doctor and he is hit by a gas trap, which knocks him out and he falls unconscious and is ensnared in wires. So episode one, um, I love that it starts with this uh, black and white uh, second doctor and Jamie in the TARDIS thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. That was fun. Yeah. I was like, wait, what am I watching? Oh, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> Jamie, uh, you know, like he wasn't. He was sure. not an unattractive man when he was on the show as a youngin. Oh, uh, not at all. But as as this uh, o- older guy, I was like, "Wow, he's uh, he's kind of a hunk, isn't he?" Right? Wow. I I yeah. was worried you were going to go in the other direction, and I was no, just like, no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. He's he's kind of hunky. This guy. I was like, "Wow," because he's like 
uh, 42, I think at this point, 41, 42. Um, and you wouldn't know that you wouldn't, he doesn't look that old. Um, it's, uh, yeah, good looking guy. I, I see why, I see why, uh, what's her face, uh, based her hunky Scottish character in Outlander on her. <laughs> um, it's kind of, uh, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but uh yeah, he's a he's a real like from from peter brady to greg brady i guess yeah a little bit <laughs> a little bit um so okay so there's this bit so they land at this um when they land at this that space station and they walk out they land in the kitchen of mm-hmm. of uh of this alien race um this this dude uh, with orange uh, orange eyebrows, like like a freezer almost more than a kitchen, like it or it like it's a, yeah because he's got like hanging meat in the background yeah. yeah yeah but he shows up I I find it so strange like I know it's you know they say that they're going here because the Time Lords told them to uh, <laughs> they're on like a secret mission from the Time Lords but I that's what he tells Jamie right that's what he tells Jamie. Um, and it's also, if I'm not mistaken, that's that's part of what uh, fits the five doctors into continuity. Or is it this one? Is this the one with like the secret season of the second doctor? Is this where is I this where that comes this from? This is the secret season. Okay, yeah. Um, there's like a, there's a theory about a secret season of of Doctor Who that they never filmed, but it was like. In order to fit this in for people, apparently there's a secret season where they're Jamie and the Doctor are taken away by the Time Lords and um, put into a bunch of secret missions and then uh, mm-hmm. put back into time just before meeting yeah. Zoe. I guess I th- trial of the Time Lords. I think he's with the Brigadier in Five Doctors. Right, that's right. Jamie's just a cameo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because I kept waiting for the brigadier to show up in this because I thought he was in this and he's not. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, so I know he's on this mission from the Time Lord supposedly. But when he comes out and proclaims himself as a Time Lord, I was like, that feels weird because you know you don't even know you don't even find out about Time Lords until his final story, and so. The idea of him like coming out and proclaiming it's just like I you know it's just weird retconning that I, yeah. I made me a it would little be uncomfortable. Like, it, would, it would be like it'd be like hearing Ben it'd be like Alec Guinness Ben Kenobi being like oh these metachlorians they're all right <laughs> yeah no absolutely yeah that's exactly what it's like that's funny maybe do you think in in the in, in Holmes's mind it was meant to sort of make. Add some authenticity to it, like oh look, even 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 this guy was talking, it knew about it. We just didn't get to it in the show. I assume so. And and Robert Holmes was uh, a large part of growing that uh, that sort of uh, mythology because mm-hmm. he didn't mm-hmm. do he didn't do war games, but he did um, he did a, a, a he did a, well the the first Centauran episode, um, right? Which was which was I think. It was it the first time that he called himself a Time Lord or the first time he referenced Gallifrey? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's one or the other. I know that's um, – it's like – it's a big episode because it's like Centaurans and it's Sarah Jane's first episode and – Right. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. And then, and then, yeah, there's something to do with the Time Lord stuff that he invented that was in that. I think it, I, 
I think it's Gallifrey. I think it's the the name of the planet was the first time in a Robert Holmes story. And then he did um he obviously did uh uh the the gooey master yeah, story. Yeah, Deadly um, Assassin. Yeah, Deadly Assassin, which was huge for Time Lord mythology. Um so yeah, so he obviously there there's something about the Time Lord that he is um interested in uh that that mythology so i i yeah so i think you're i think you're probably right nick um i'm sure that had something to do with it his his uh continuity brain sort of like wanting to bring it all together and finding um i don't know interest mm-hmm. in that and but. and is isn't that kind of the ultimate like purpose of the retcon you know when we think yeah. about like making making the pieces fit in retrospect mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um so anyway this guy wants to eat jamie um and uh throughout this whole story it this guy is just constantly just just wanting to eat people um and it's he's it, wait, it, it, i have a lot of i i shock i was definitely my biggest takeaway from this <laughs> yeah well i mean that's the thing right is like robert holmes is so good at writing the minor characters like <laughs> oh oh but there there are some fantastic minor characters in the story yeah no he's always good at that um remember the uh remember the farmer who runs into the the auton the first time <laughs> yes. and, his, and his wife yeah. like yeah robert holmes he's great also almost always Bad things happen to those characters because, yeah. like you just mentioned, and like we're, we'll get into my character. But yeah, but like very rarely do they meet happy ends. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, he he creates uh uh, uh what what is he? I forget his na- first name, but uh, Blitz. Um, oh, uh, Glitz, isn't it? Oh, Glitz, yeah. Glitz, right? Yeah, yes. Glitz. Yeah, the guy, the guy from the Seventh Doctor story that you saw. He creates him in a Sixth Doctor story um, in the following season. Uh, so he created that character yeah, too. The, like the, he, yeah, the weird like di- the, the weird like disco cocaine pirate. Yeah, yeah that guy, the cocaine, <laughs> the disco cocaine pirate. <laughs> oh my god, that needs to go on a t-shirt. Um, that's amazing. Uh, oh man, just a picture of him that just says disco cocaine pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, so. So yeah, he's just really good with those minor characters. So all of these minor mm-hmm. characters in this story are just so good. Yeah, but no, Mashaka is great. He's got like bright orange eyebrows. Yeah, it's very. Um, I find him very distracting because he's not alien enough. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the eyebrows <laughs> are the only really alien thing about him, right? And so when he's talking about eating people, it I just keep having to remind myself that it's not cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he he listeners, he kind of looks like someone that would be in a and do you guys ever have like those makeup textbooks like in theater class where it's like here's how you put me and it would be like look at these look at these crazy man's eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that I have, but I I I yeah, like where yeah. you're going with this. Um so he identifies as a, as an as an androgum. Androgum. It looks yeah. like it looks like androgum, and yeah. that's how I. But they 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 pronounce it in a less goofy way. Which is which is uh, I guess an anagram for um for like gour, gourmet gourm gourmet gourmet yeah something. So it's 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 an anagram for something to do with people who like food a lot. Um, that's for, so funny. Whatever the whatever the fancy word for foodie is, uh, that's what he's an anagram. His species is an anagram he, for. Like, it's probably French, so I'm saying it wrong. But like gourmand, 
Gourmand. Yes, that's it. Yep. Um, good work, Cass. Yeah. That's that's why we, you bring the culture to the show. Oh, that's I, why we're talking <laughs> around. I'm sorry. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so anyway, he yeah, wants it, to eat it, it is bad. it is weird seeing the second Doctor be so like classist or so like puffy puff chest. Yeah, yeah, the puff chest thing is weird. Can we talk about my favorite character? Um, For sure. Which is uh, which is Stanley Tucci as Caesar Flickerman <laughs> as Dastari? Um, because dude, his outfit's so cool. Oh my god! Yes. Am- every time he was on, I was like, "What is Stanley Tucci <laughs> doing in Doctor Who?" <laughs> he's amazing. I love this guy. Oh my god, he's amazing. Um, Dastari, the best. He's like a rock star, mad scientist. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, no, he's like, uh, yeah, because he's like if um. If um 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 oh my god I'm really bad with names this morning, uh this afternoon it's not even the morning yet anymore. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Uh, it's like if Ro- Elton John, if Sir Elton John, were a mad scientist. Yes. Yeah, he has a especially in kind of a post Guardians universe, a post Thor Ragnarok universe. Like 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 he fits right. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Totally. Um. Got those big glasses, like yeah. The at, for a little bit, I, 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 I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I kind of misinterpreted some of it for like during part one, and I thought he was a time lord. Oh, and God. I was like, God, I was like, God, if only I would kill for just a season of just meeting different time lords, yeah. and they're all like crazy. <laughs> like he's like the most. The doctor is the most down to earth one. Oh my God, that's they're I, all, I. I would love it. It boggles my mind that the Doctor is the only the Doctor, the Master, and the Ronnie are like, and I guess the Monk. Okay, well that's four. spoilers, but yeah, but but there's like that's like that's only four like renegade yeah. Time Lords in the history of a planet. No, that seems yeah. crazy to me. There should be more. There should definitely be more. Um, I think uh, I think I think old school Doctor Who fans would hate me because I'd be like creating time lords left and right if I ever wrote for <laughs> oh, that <absolutely>. show. Yeah, <laughs> they would. They're like, just bring stop the doing this. just bring the floaty um, bowler hat guy back. Oh, oh, you 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 <laughs> bet your ass I would bring him back. He's he he he's like he's like the Phil Coulson. He's like the glue. Yeah, <laughs> totally. He is the Phil Coulson. Oh my god. Oh um, my god. They they need something to avenge. Um. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I uh, I okay. So one of my favorite um Jamie things that happens in this story in this episode uh, in this whole story is when uh the Doctor because like Dastari is you know building a time travel technology and the and the Time Lords have sent the Doctor to stop him from doing this because they're like hey look we can trust ourselves with time travel because we don't do anything um because there's only four renegade time lords right exactly <laughs> we don't we don't mess with time we have rules but if mm-hmm. someone else created time travel they wouldn't have those rules and and they're gonna like you know bring the universe to its knees and we can't have that so uh we we need to you need to go and stop him from creating time travel 
And, uh, and so the doctor is like, yeah, you have to, you have to stop it. And, and they're like, well, he's like, well, what are you doing right now? How do you know I'm not supposed to create time travel and you're getting in the way of that? And he was like, well, that's why I'm on a secret mission. They're not going to let anyone know that I did that <laughs> so that they can deny it. Uh, and they, cause they all think I'm a crazy person. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to create time. I'm going to create time travel. I don't care what you would have to say. And he, he says, uh, the doctor says, well, that would be a very stupid thing to do. And then Jamie just behind him, just real big, just starts nodding. Yeah. Like, just like, yup. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite. I laughed really hard when I saw him doing that. <laughs> oh, my favorite thing that Jamie does <laughs> is acts like he knows what's going on. But, um, <laughs> I think it's. Next episode, but the thing that made me laugh the hardest with Jamie, where um, Perry's like, oh, it's a conspiracy. And she's just like, oh, what? She asks, what is it? And then Jamie's just like, a plot. And (laughs) (laughs) it made me laugh so much because I'm like, oh, Jamie, you think you know everything, but you really, really don't. (laughs) Uh No, he he learned what a conspiracy was at some point. And he was like, oh, I was confused about this once. Let me help. (laughs) And I just – I love him to pieces. Jamie's the best. Um, uh, six Doctor Fishing. Don't like it. Not a fan. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not a fan yeah, of the Doctor I, I, Fishing. Not a fan. I genuinely forgot he was in this until you, you – <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm just – I'm not a fan of, of the Doctor Fishing, period. Uh, it's – well, he finds a way. He finds a way to even be a little like a little. I, I, I can't curse, but he finds a way to make that obnoxious. Just like he, just fishing. Yeah. Uh, fishing for gumblejack. <laughs> God, it's like. <laughs> oh, you've never had gumblejack, Perry. It's simply the best fish. God. Don't suppose you've ever. If had if, every, if every if <laughs> every doctor had like a had like a subtitle the six doctors six doctors subtitle would be mansplainer yeah Um, yeah (laughs) because it's it is atrocious in this episode i yeah at some point he like at some point he literally pats perry on the head it's it's really bad like i I know people throw this term around a lot, but the Sixth Doctor constantly gaslights Perry, and I just put that together while watching this, and I was just like, "Oh, oh my god!" Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I have, I don't want to spoil literally the last moment of this story, but, but yeah, like, uh, it's, it's just yeah, a lot of like guiding her in a way that doesn't seem like cool. Yeah, because yeah, because because you know the doctor taking the companion by the hand, leading leading usually her through the universe is a iconic part of the show. But just the way he does it is so weird. Yeah, it's 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 honestly kind of like oh, this is why. So this is the difference. Like Mm -hmm. this is how to (laughs) you know. (laughs) So uh uh so Dastari is like, well, I have to kill you now. So he's gonna kill Mm -hmm. the second doctor. And then he's uh, he's being put to death, and the 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 sixth doctor is feeling it. Uh, yeah, basically because he's like, oh, if I'm I'm dying, but it's a previous incarnation, and what? I'm feeling it. Yeah, and then he just goes, he just starts monologuing about how that doesn't make sense. And I really I really like it because it does sound like a crazy person 
person babbling. So when Barry is just like, I, why don't you sit down? Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe stop talking. Uh, <laughs> like, I, like, I love it because it's like, yeah, no, he sounds like he's losing it. And we know what he's like when he loses it. Yeah. So her being afraid is uh, completely justified. It's awful. Yeah. He gets yeah. a little choky when he gets mad. Yep. He does get a little choky. That is accurate. Like the um, doctor does. Yeah. So now he is like, okay, well, we have to go find my other incarnation because he's in trouble. And uh, if he's in, if, if he's in trouble, I'm definitely in trouble because, you know, it's uh, – I guess, I guess the way that this works, like as a time traveler, it's like <laughs> – you know, it works in a similar fashion to how trickle down economics is supposed to work. It's like it's like the second doctor dies and then the other doctors in the timeline like slowly die. It feels like it should work backwards. It feels like the six doctors should go first. Um, yeah. But it goes the other direction. Well, how does it work? Yeah, because in, in Looper, in Looper, what when they would injure a, a person's past self. Or no, no, no. They would injure a younger person's self and the scar, the wound would show up on the older person having healed. But it was instantaneous. It was instantaneous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it is a little screwy. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Robert Holmes really bends over backwards trying to figure out how to explain why the six doctors still alive <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and continues to do so throughout this story. Uh, it's it's rough. Um, but – yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. So Jamie's out in the hallway. He sees his doctor getting getting hurt, and uh, the dude who wants to eat him shows up <laughs> and uh, tries to take him in. And uh, he gets in a knife fight with him, which is fun. Um, classic Jamie getting in a knife fight uh, with a getting in a knife fight with a with an alien who wants to eat him. That's classic Jamie. Um, <laughs> get back, you! <laughs> Not be eating me. So good. You do a really good Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh, also, uh, I love uh, when 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 um, the Six Doctor wakes up, Perry offers him celery, which <laughs> is a reference that Nick isn't going to understand for a long time. But it's <laughs> it's a it's a really good reference. Like I was like, oh look, she's that's nice. Like she's she's like she's trying, you know. Like she's she's like, oh yeah. Well, it worked that one time. Uh, maybe you need that, and then <laughs> maybe you won't you won't die and oh. be crazy and try and kill me again. And um, this is when he also like name checks like the the recorder and like the jelly beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pers- yeah okay, totally. cool. Um, no, that's I I I really like that. And then I like she's like, well, maybe you need a doctor. <laughs> Are you trying to be funny? Which is. I that didn't that that's a that's that happened a line before. in uh yeah. in, in that was a line in the latest two doctors story Twelve. twice upon yeah, a time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah Capaldi. Like wow. I need a doctor, you're trying to be funny. Um so that oh. was uh a reference to this, which I was like, wow. Like I didn't know it was a reference when we were watching right. that, and then I watched this and I was like, Oh wow. Moffat, you did it again. Yeah. <laughs> Still surprising us from beyond the grave. <laughs> Now he's alive. <laughs> but I love the moment where Six uh, throws shade on Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's going through his his business cards of historical figures. And he's like, Christopher Columbus, pff, he had a lot to answer for, which 
It's like, wow, throwing shade on Christopher Columbus. Nice. In 85. Yeah, in, in, in 1985. Um, yeah, this story, uh, the last part of this happened like almost exactly uh, two months before I was born. Oh, that's great. Yeah, there, something happens when I'm I, – I, I know now that when, when we go through like a, a round or a season of, of, of this show – there's like it's almost like you're when you're changing time zones on a flight. I can feel the my eyes adjusting to like a more modern type of storytelling, mm. and and it happened during this one where just the way that a scene was staged, just the way people would like enter and walk around. I'm like, oh, this is starting to feel a little closer to what I'm used to now. Mm-hmm. And it always happens around like six, seven. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that is definitely where the transition starts happening for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps that this is Robert Holmes and not someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can we talk about Perry's headband for a second? Because wow, oh my god, I love it. Um, do you really? I do. I okay. I love her weird space age, like stupid synthetic, like eighties mm-hmm. outfit. It's so cute. Yeah, Perry's pretty o- underrated overall. Like I wish. I wish they would let her wear more clothes because uh, <laughs> there's uh, – I don't sure. – I, I, How do you – yeah, I what's, really what's don't, there to say? Well, I just – I don't like the idea of like Doctor Who trying to get sexy. Like that's a weird – No. Do- yeah, Doctor yeah, Who like, the show I, like as, as a series. I, I think yeah. the most I – think, I think we've already reached – and maybe I'm getting old. But I, I think Doctor Who is already as as sexy as it needs to be. Uh-huh. I think I think I think Matt Smith era was kind of peak hanky panky. Yeah, uh, and even that was just like, oh, the tall girl's wearing normal skirts that look really short on her because she's super tall. Yeah. Um, and that was sure. like the most that it got, you know. And I was like, okay, that's fine because even yeah, this, even Clara, this is Amy. she's very young. We try not to sexualize her, right? It, well, because even even Clara, who's like you know literally one of the most attractive people on the planet, uh, wore lots of layers and things like. You know, she was wearing like teacher outfits, mm-hmm. like that thing where you're like wear like well, the yeah, dress you, you with can, the long sleeve you, undershirt. You know, yeah. Like, or just clothes. the idea of Doctor Who being for the male gaze is just really oogie to me. Uh huh. I don't like it. I don't like it. So there's there's parts of uh, of Perry's costuming that really uh, bother me. Yeah. The the headband like, not being one of those things. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> no. I'm just lusting after that headband. Um, <laughs> But no, no, it's just it, – it it makes me a little uncomfortable. There are moments in this story where I was like, I wish somebody had told her to button up a couple more buttons or something or or didn't tell her to unbutton buttons. I don't know. It, it's weird well, when it's Doctor I Who. I mean she's got like – it's like a shrug basically. She's not wearing a shirt. She's got like a bikini top yeah. underneath there. So there's only so much you can like – I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and it, it's, it's such a – I don't – it's so uh, it's so interesting because it it is something that the show doesn't really try to do again, even even and even when it does come back for you know the new millennium, and I you know I mean I don't want to sound like I mean they 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 have all the companions are attractive actresses but it, it yeah Perry is kind of this weird outlier where it does feel like the show trying to do something and it not really working well with the formula or with the, mm-hmm. the what the show is supposed to be with the tone yeah the tone the tone yeah yeah i i um i'm even trying to think of another companion who was ever in a swimsuit and i can't think of one the doctor doesn't go to a lot of beaches the doctor well, doesn't do a lot of 
Yeah, that's true. A lot of can, you think, can you think of any cast, or is Perry literally the only one? I mean, technically, Turlo is in a swimsuit during the introductory Perry episode, so oh, yeah. equal opportunity companion right. skin, I guess. <laughs> All right, fair enough. They fair should play. go to like Canto Bite. They should go to like a resort next season. They. I don't even know who they are anymore. <laughs> um. Rest in peace. Um, yeah <laughs> the doctor and her and her four new friends or whatever however many people she's rolling with right well the last time canine um, went to a beach she broke so i don't know if that's a good idea oh no canine should say it though <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> canine we're get we're going out uh do me a favor uh fill the ice bucket yes mistress <laughs> and then mistress just yeah, then he does. Yeah, I just I don't even know how to work one of those. Um, yeah, he just spends the whole episode trying to figure out oh how to God. get the ice in yeah. the bucket, um, <laughs> making lots of ice buckets. <laughs> right. <laughs> he just comes back as he's arriving. She's like, he's like, I've got the ice, mistress. Um, <laughs> she's like, oh great, makes a drink. Ah. And then the and then the end of the <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got our spec script, guys. Uh, it's it's a page and a half. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, Gosh, did, yeah. did anybody else? Speaking of uh, weird uh, Time Lord stuff, did anybody else mm-hmm. find it weird how prideful the Sixth Doctor is about the Time Lords? Where he where he's like <laughs> telling the computer voice down the hallway, like I am a Time Lord. I mean, it wasn't uncharacteristic, if that's what you yeah. mean. It would, it mean, it, oh. it, 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 I mean, for him, for the oh, six, for six. yeah, I guess so. It's just, it's weird that I don't know. It's just, it's weird anytime, like, like a doctor is like, like proudly stating there a time. I war, think it makes, I think it makes the irony of the next season he's in uh, that much better. No, well, that's true. Fair play. Yeah. Um, because for people who don't know, the next season is when he's literally on trial by the Time Lords. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> by and of. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then um, – and then we meet wh- who I, I can only imagine is Nick's favorite character, uh, which is the uh, the Moth Hunter. <laughs> Felt oh, like this man. was who you were talking about when you were like, I, I there's a minor character that you loved. I thought that this he, was who you were he, talking about. He's pretty great. O- o- Oscar wasn't a wasn't a wasn't Oscar isn't that guy, right? Yes. Yeah, that's Oscar. That yeah. is Oscar. Okay, cool. Yes, no, yeah. Oscar's my favorite character. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, Oscar. He he is a part time moth hunter and a full time waiter. Yes, that's the thing. Is I it, it took me a minute to remember the moth hunting scene because I just remember him being at a restaurant and everything right. and all of his scenes. Right, Oscar uh, the Moth Hunter. He's got, he's he's mansplaining moths, moth hunting to uh, this nice Spanish. I know lady. his like beautiful um, Spanish girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, their relationship fascinated me. Uh huh. And we'll get into the 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 meat of their of their adventures are, are in part three, I think. But yeah, it's like it, it's really like. Um, <laughs> The like Oscar is like uh, is is like if uh, the the husband and wife team from 
King of Queens just like showed up. We were just like, what are you guys doing here? Um, yeah, like the big goofy. But he isn't he isn't a he's very like he he's a classic waiter. He is a very like he likes the finer things in life. He's not a slob. Yeah, that's true. But I could I I could see him playing a role where he likes oh, the for finer sure. things. Um oh, oh, oh the James? Yeah, yeah. KJ. <laughs> K James. Cage. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so Oscar, uh, Oscar's hunting moths, and he's <laughs> explaining exactly how he does this and uh, what he does with them when he catches them. Uh, there's a lot of commentary about, like, hunting things for reasons and without reasons. Yeah, there's a reason through line and... about, like, just eating, consuming, hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really I don't know what he's trying to say. I don't know what Robert Holmes is trying to say about this. I'm, I need to look up to see if he's a vegetarian uh, because that's the only explanation that I've got <laughs> is that maybe he's a vegetarian and he's like, we should stop doing this. It's weird. Um, but I don't know. Uh, so what else happens? So they um, – Not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, the the six doctor uh the the cliffhanger is the six six and um uh six is like up in the rafters of this thing trying cuz they're trying to track down the second doctor and so they've tracked him down to like an a certain area in a certain time and so they're trying to like figure out triangulate where they're at and he's like up in these rafters working on something and then he gets gassed and falls into like these cables and um when he does that, uh, he is um, at the same time of that 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 is happening. Uh, Perry is being attacked by an unknown person, uh, but they make the they make the cliffhanger about him hanging in the wires, um, the sixth doctor mm. hanging in the wires, instead of what is the result of the cliffhanger, which I think is way more interesting and shocking. Than the actual cliffhanger, uh, but we'll talk yeah. about that when we get to episode two. I did just look it up. Robert Holmes was a vegetarian. Ah. Well, there it is. So that uh, that explains that. Um, Robert Holmes was mm. a, uh, a a life a lifelong vegetarian, and this story was a parable about the evils of eating meat, like Okja. Mm-hmm. Okja. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a great. Never mind. Yeah, that was – I mean that was – I love I loved Oak just so much because it was basically a Doctor Who story without the Doctor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That makes – yeah. Yeah. So part two. The Two Doctors, part two, written by Robert Holmes, directed by Peter Moffat, produced by John Nathan Turner, script edited by Eric Sayward, air date 23rd of February, 1985. Perry knocks out her attacker and frees the sixth Doctor from his wire entanglement. They find that Perry's attacker is a half-delirious Jamie, who has been trapped on the station, hiding from the security computer. Jamie tells the Sixth Doctor what happened, and that he saw the Second Doctor being killed. Returning to the office to examine the station records, the Doctor discovers the source of the illusion that made Jamie believe that the Second Doctor was dead. The Sixth Doctor deduces that his previous incarnation must be a Centauran prisoner, along with Dastari, the only person in the galaxy who could isolate what gives a Time Lord the molecular stability to travel through time. The Centaurans must be using Dastari and the Second Doctor to genetically alter themselves so that they can travel safely through time and conquer all of time and space. 
As Dastari and Jasin prepare the second doctor for surgery in the cellar of the hacienda, the sick doctor's TARDIS materializes nearby. Oscar, the moth-catching ex-actor, approaches Perry, Jamie, and the sixth doctor for help, believing them to be plainclothes police officers, and leads them to the hacienda. The sixth doctor asks Perry to create a distraction at the hacienda's front door while he and Jamie enter the cellar. Perry interrupts Dastari's operation, posing as a lost American student. Jasin is suspicious of her, so Perry makes her excuses and leaves, but Shockeye chases after her, eager to taste human meat. Uh, Perry's attacker bumps his head on a pipe, and that's how we uh, solve that cliffhanger. Um, and uh, But what's what's more interesting is that after Perry goes and wakes up the, the doctor, which you get that stupid uh, Doctor Who joke of... Uh, uh, she's like, how did like, wait, we, she, he was like, he was like, well, you know, I just didn't breathe in anything or, or whatever. Or he's like explaining how he wasn't totally dead from the, from breathing in the stuff. And she's like, well, how did you breathe? And he said, with great difficulty, I'll explain later. Mm-hmm. Like, and then never does, which is a. You, you'll ongoing, never be able to. Uh, my lungs are the best lungs. <laughs> Well, it's just it's a it's an ongoing Doctor Who joke of the of the Doctor telling his companion, "I'll explain later," and never explaining. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of those things, like reverse the polarity that yes. Doctor Who fandom yeah. is always talking about. Like, oh yeah, they did that all the time in classic mm-hmm. Who. Ha, it's ha, what ha, I oh, always well. assume happens. It's what I always assume happens when they close the TARDIS doors, like at the end of an adventure. Yeah, I'll explain but, later. But, and then on the way back, it's like, so how, okay, so my lungs are like, and then like for an hour, just like really boring, like just goes through it. <laughs> uh, so uh, we find out that Perry's attacker is actually none other than Jamie, um, who and he is, uh, is not doing good. No, no. Uh, he has he to is a Morty without a Rick. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's really, he's struggling and, and. Uh, the sixth doctor has to uh, hypnotize him into getting getting a straight answer out of him because he's uh, he's just like attacking willy nilly because he's Jamie and that's all he knows. Um, <laughs> it's, all he knows is violence. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is also the part where uh, the sixth doctor is just entirely too mean to Perry, where he just t- talks about how much she should be using her brain. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, just like, this, that was that's. I was like, it, that was just like way, way too mean spirited. Um, and it's and it's part of the reason I think I struggle with the six doctor stories. It's just be like, I, I yeah, I, it's just so mean. He's just mean, and, and it and it's a shame because like I really do hate knocking anytime anytime a, a show, especially an institution like this, veers left. Yeah, or like you know what, we're not going to do another version we're going to do something different so it, it it sucks whenever that experiment just doesn't work for me you know yeah and and so it, it and it's kind of the true with with the doctor where it's like i i kind of appreciate that yeah they were like how far can we stretch this but yeah it's just not fun to watch this dude a mm-hmm. lot of the time mm-hmm. um, and this makes you really like yeah it makes me really empathetic for perry in a way that is weird i mean like i mean I, I shouldn't say that but it's just like man this poor this poor girl well in a way in a way that you don't you you feel sorry for her in a way where you're just like why should i feel sorry for like the girl who's like traveling the cosmos yeah. with the doctor that's amazing yes but i feel yeah, bad exactly. for her and like 
because she's stuck with this jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, the doctor goes into the astral plane. That's a weird moment. <laughs> the second doctor, the second doctor spends this entire 45 minute period on a slab. Like he just mm-hmm. doesn't move the whole, the whole episode. He's just on a slab the whole time. Um, this is important to note that, uh, the second doctor and Jamie and the sixth doctor and Perry do not meet at all in the first episode. And then Jamie teams up with Perry and the Sixth Doctor in this episode, but they still don't run into the Second Doctor until the third yeah. episode. It's kind of maddening, to be honest. Well, it's um, funny because like I was really looking forward to talking about this because when I had an opportunity to meet Colin Baker a couple of years ago, I like asked him what his favorite story was or like to work on, and he said he quote didn't like to use the F word um, as far as like favorites go, but he oh. he loved. <laughs> <laughs> working on this one and because he loved hanging out with Patrick Troughton and stuff. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I haven't seen that story in a while. I'm excited to go back to it. And then I'm just like, man, they didn't hang out at all. No, <laughs> they're in two scenes. Two two scenes yeah. together in part three. Two. Yeah. It's very, you know, uh, it, it is very much in that kind of, I don't know, it, it, it feels a little drink your Ovaltine. Like it feels a little like a ripoff where it's uh-huh. like, hey, the two doctors are going to be. In two different places for 80% of it. <laughs> yeah. More than that. 80% yeah. is uh, – that's yeah. that's being generous. Um, I mean it's it's literally – I think they share screen time for a, a total of five minutes. Yeah. And, and five, five minutes of uh, 135 right, minutes. Right. Like three 45-minute so long episodes. Yeah. So there's there's 130 minutes where they aren't with each other at all. And a story <laughs> called the Two Doctors. Yeah, and you know, in a post, and I, in 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 a post Day of the Doctor world, that just feels so not satisfying. No, no, it definitely doesn't. It doesn't even feel sad. I can't imagine it felt satisfying at the time either. Yeah, because um, I mean, at least the Five Doctors. Yeah, four isn't there, and yeah, one is being played by a different actor. But like, you still got the other dudes. Yeah. Uh, you know, together, and they're they're ha- getting into hijinks. For like a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. um, and the three doctors and the thir- is fun too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The three I was just going to mention the three doctors is just like two and three, just like hanging out the whole and time. And then one just like yelling at them through a television screen, <laughs> just trolling them <laughs> for like a scene, um, which is pretty great. Uh, but uh, yeah, so okay, so this story, um, yeah, so the, <laughs> the sixth doctor goes into the astral plane to find find his other self. <laughs> and uh, finds him on a slab somewhere. And he's like, well, that sucks. Let's go, I guess. <laughs> I was like, great. I'm so glad that we did that. Uh, that was worth it because it got us nowhere. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, there I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there I am. Where's there? I don't know. Who cares? Uh yeah, we get that really heartbreaking scene where Jamie, where where uh, two is told that Jamie's dead. Yeah, <laughs> he's really distraught. Um, yeah, that's his bro, man. Yeah, basically, we find out this weird thing about the doctor has like a part of his DNA makes him appropriate for time travel, and that is required to make a TARDIS. And so they're yeah, trying to. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, he's got midichlorians, guys. We talked yeah. about it earlier. 
Um, he's got time travel middle I thought it was because like out. his DNA, like the TARDIS is alive. So like they right. work together and right. it's only Time Lord DNA. Right. Okay. So but but we see, that, but we see, okay. yeah, I was going to say, but we see other people driving the TARDIS that, you know, that trope that you hate. Yep. Uh, yep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They all have time. Wow. Words, so, this, uh, <laughs> so, so this is kind of, uh, I, 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 I really like this. I, I think this is something that the fandom can, can hang their hat. Are you a, can anyone fly the TARDIS or do you have to have time Lord blood? That feels like a very. Doc, like fun fundamental divine. Well, I think it yeah. it like there's like a cop out because the doctor's like, oh yeah, only a, like a time lord can start it or like prime the machine, whatever. But like after that, anyone can fly it. Okay, which is dumb. Yeah, that- <laughs> dumb, dumb. See, see, it's the thing is as a new fan of the show, the idea of of well, I shouldn't have ten years, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, so the idea of someone flying the TARDIS isn't that alien to me because, like, I've seen that mm-hmm. a lot. But if you were to tell me, like, oh no, it's like the TARDIS is actually a living organism, and it's like a dance, it's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a ritual between these two organic beings. I actually that that sounds really cool to me too. So I, I don't know if I have one doesn't immediately sound more appealing to me than the other. Well, isn't yeah. that how, like, Clara, she sticks her hands in that weird TARDIS goo or whatever during that one episode to, like, <laughs> fly the TARDIS? Yeah. What episode is that? Yeah, I don't that's remember. Not tar- that's not TARDIS goo, class. <laughs> that's Time Lord. Ew. That's, je- that's jellified Time Lord. <laughs> I don't. Um, that's that's the that's the priming. Ew. Um, yes. You gotta have <laughs> the, the priming. Master. That's what they're... That's what they're trying That's to, the master. That's the master. That's what they're trying to pull out of there. Um, pull out of the doctor right now. Um, <laughs> to put in their time machine is that gooey stuff. Time lords are really gross, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. You know how like, people are like 80% water, they're 80% goo. Um, <laughs> Why do you think Gallifrey is like shiny like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... They they show up in this area in Spain, and um, I was struck by like the the sixth doctor comes out and he's just wearing a vest. He's just wearing his vest because it's hot out, so he's not wearing so many layers. And and then you've got you've got Perry in her like uh, her like tie off shirt and her swimsuit or whatever that she's wearing. And then Jamie comes out and he is wearing far too many yeah, layers, like full um, Scottish regalia. Yeah, it, like. <laughs> Like something that like uh, uh like a Scottish person would wear to a yeah. wedding, like really regalia, absolutely. Like it is re- like a uh, a a pillowy shirt, and yeah, he's got a like black, a like, like a pirate shirt with like ruffles. Yeah, and like a velvety jacket with like the the crazy uh I don't I don't know what that what the purpose of that like sash thing is, but. He's wearing one of those too, and there's a lot of fabric on that, mm-hmm. a lot of ac- excess fabric. I was like, he is so hot. He yeah, is so... he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just he's really like he must be sweating like yeah. crazy. Because they're in they're in the middle of Spain in the summer. <laughs> the other two don't have to like not even the doctor has to wear his jacket and they make him wear all those layers. I just uh, I was I was I was having uh I, I was having like heat flashes <laughs> looking at him. Um 
It's bad. It was really bad. Um, what uh, what uh, what else? Oh, I love I love the gag that Perry doesn't know what the second Doctor looks like. Yeah. Because yeah, they just wheel him right past her, and she's like, "Oh, who's that? Is he okay?" Yeah, I, I, I really like that. Um, like they're so close to saving him, but she didn't know who it was. <laughs> Um, uh, it's really creepy that, um, what's, uh, orange eyebrows. What's his name again? Oh, shock uh, shock, eye. shock, shock. Eye. I was calling him shock jaw. <laughs> shock, um. shock jaw. I think that's a transformer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shock. Transforms from a, from a robot into a jaw. Is that what she said? Chakra. I think it's shock eye. Shock eye. Shock, shock yeah. eye. Shock eye. Shock, yeah, shock so, eye. Like hawk shock, eye. Shock eye. Uh, is a real, real creeper um, with the uh, the constant uh, telling his prey, I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, that mm-hmm. is super creepy. Um, and uh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> not a fan because Perry weird, runs for it. Weird species. Yeah. Perry runs for it uh, and uh, then – is uh, gonna get eaten because he captures her in the in the field, and uh, it's not it's not great. Um, anything else in in part two that uh, was was notable? Because I found that I you know part part one was pretty good. I like Jamie and and six together in part mm-hmm. two, but like generally the plot stuff didn't do a whole lot for me in this, the second episode because this was... doesn't need to be uh, the equivalent of a six parter. No, I feel like I feel like it lost a lot moving from New Orleans to Spain, mm-hmm. and, but they still kept it uh, three 45 minute episodes, yeah. even though it should have probably been cut down to two. Like, it's fine because Robert Holmes kind of knows how to write a 45 minute episode as opposed to literally everyone else this season. But like, right. <laughs> ugh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. The Spanish countryside is pretty. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I am very much looking forward to next, uh, like we, we have one more story from this season and it's the last time we do 45 minute six doctor stories. And I'm very much looking forward to trial of a time Lord, just being 20 minute episodes again. Um, who to lolly. Yeah. Indeed. The Two Doctors, Part 3, written by Robert Holmes, directed by Peter Moffat, produced by John Nathan Turner, script edited by Eric Sayward, air date 2nd of March, 1985. The Sixth Doctor and Jamie are discovered in the cellar by a Centauran named Stike, who threatens to kill Jamie, but Jamie stabs Stike's leg. Jamie and the Doctor run upstairs, where they find the Second Doctor, but can't help him escape before having to hide when others arrive. Having learned of the Sixth Doctor's presence, Chasine worries that other Time Lords may also come to help, so she asks Astari to implant the Second Doctor with Shock Eye's genetic material, turning the Doctor into an Andricum that she can control. She interrupts Shock Eye before he can slaughter Perry, and has him bring the Second Doctor back to the cellar. Once there, she stuns Shock Eye so Dastari can remove his genetic material and implant it in the Second Doctor. When Shock Eye wakes in a rage, he finds a kindred spirit in the transformed Doctor, they decide to go into town and try the local cuisine. 
Meanwhile, the Andrigums and Centaurans turn on each other, with each race coming up with a plan to steal the time travel ability for themselves and destroy the other. Dastari lures the Centaurans into the cellar, where Chasin attacks them with two canisters of coronic acid. Varl is killed, but Stike attempts to escape in his battlefield cruiser, which has been rigged to self-destruct. The ship explodes, taking him with it. The Sixth Doctor, Perry, and Jamie follow Shockeye and the Andrigum-enhanced Second Doctor into Seville, where they visit Oscar's restaurant to have a meal. The two of them eat so much that they run up an enormous bill, and when Oscar demands that they pay, Shockeye stabs and kills him, just as the Sixth Doctor and the others arrive. Shockeye leaves behind the Second Doctor, who slowly reverts to normal, as Chasin and Dastari arrive and take them back to the Hacienda at gunpoint. Chasin gives Shockeye permission to eat Jamie and the Andrigum takes him to the kitchen. Alone for the moment, the Sixth Doctor frees himself and runs to save Jamie. He encounters Shockeye, who pursues him outside, but the Doctor finds Oscar's cyanide killing jar. He ambushes Shockeye, pressing the cyanide-soaked cotton wool to his face and kills him. Dastari begins to regret his choices and decides to free the second Doctor and his companions. When Chastine sees this, she shoots and kills Dastari. She tries to shoot the second Doctor and Perry as well, but Jamie throws a knife at her. Chastine goes into the time machine that Dastari was building, hoping to escape, but it explodes, causing the molecular disintegration of Chastine and turning her back into a common androgum in death. The second Doctor summons his TARDIS, so he and Jamie say their goodbyes and leave, while the sixth Doctor and Perry make their way back to their own TARDIS and decide to become vegetarians that takes us to part three where we find out that their plan is uh they're they're gonna they're gonna switch the dna between shock and uh the second doctor (laughs) oh dude like Um, this is technically a centauran story but the centaurans don't really do anything Oh my yeah. god, there's a Centauran in this episode. <laughs> I know. We haven't even mentioned the Centauran because he doesn't do anything. Uh in fact, I think he's he's basically gone by like ten minutes into the third episode. He's just gone entirely. Yeah, he blows up. I don't yeah. I don't th- oh that's true. Yeah, he gets like he gets like goosed. He gets like slimed. Yeah. And then he like explodes. Oh right, right, because they're they're in the uh they have like the Klingon battle axe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> They have the Klingon battle axe for some reason, uh, and and then they're like climbing into a hole. Um, that's that's the most memorable thing they do is uh, have a Klingon battle axe. Um, mm-hmm. I but it, it is worth. I, I'm I am glad you brought it up because I, if I'm not mistaken, is this the first classic Who Centauran that I've seen? Uh, no, no Centauran experiment, which was the two parter oh, from the Fourth Doctor. It's not memorable. Okay. It's fine. Well, he looked great in this one. <laughs> they're a little tall a, for my taste, but yeah, they are kind of tall for Centaurans. Yeah, they're like they're like oh, they're like five five. They're yeah. like just people. Um, I uh, yeah. So this this switching DNA thing, I love. Like you know, it'll be a while before we get to uh, Enemy of the World, but man, Patrick Troughton is so great at playing a bad yeah. guy. Like he. He just dives okay. headfirst into it, and it's yeah. so, so good. This was the highlight of the episode for me. The whole the whole story, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, because like as soon as you see Troughton with the orange eyebrows, <laughs> yes, you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like, 
And you're right. No, he just completely commits. Yeah. And and what I love about it is that they he has a food obsession. We find out that the species is is like she the this other woman, the the main like villain woman who we're also not talking about because she's not very interesting. Um Oh right, yeah. Yeah. She uh she keeps calling him like animalistic. Like, oh yeah, he just has these animalistic urges and he just gives into them and he's dumb and whatever. But he <laughs> never talks about how they're obs- he's obsessed with food. He just she just keeps calling him an animal. And when uh Troughton wakes up with the orange eyebrows having uh combined his DNA with with Shakai, they he starts talking about food like incessantly. And he's just like, do you know the cuisine of this planet? And he was like, yeah, no, I've been here a bunch of time. I've eaten all kinds of stuff. And he's like, can you, can we go? Can we go get the food? And he's like, yeah, great. And then what happens is he's like, he's like, well, we, we can go to a restaurant, but it, they, they, it's a, it's going to be a black tie thing. So we need to like dress you up. And he's like, I know where to get clothes to dress up. And then they start just next thing, you know, you see them walking down the street, just a couple of bros going to brunch. In they top look hats, like, and, they look like and the tails. fox and the cat from Pinocchio. <laughs> it's amazing. It's one of my favorite visual things in all of Classic Who is just a couple of bros going to lunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they really do. They're like two cartoon rats. Like, like the, the scenes of them both out, out like just out hungering each other, and just like the. Yeah. T- topping each other with like how manic they, it, it kind of it reminded me a little bit of like uh hungry hungry john sim master mm. like yeah if 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 they did get food in front of them like that's how they would react that's how they would how, that's maybe how they would maybe that out. was maybe that was his problem in that story maybe he needed if he had if they had added orange eyebrows to the master everything would have made sense <laughs> i mean they, he can't get more nutty yeah Give him some orange eyebrows, and we would have been like, "Oh, oh um, he's, a, yeah. he's an astrogum." <laughs> that's what happened. Okay. Um, Oscar is uh, Oscar is fantastic in this episode. Okay, yeah. So Oscar gets stabbed. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's way later. Uh, but okay. Well, how much is their bill? How much do they run up their it's bill? Like, it's like eighteen thousand oh, yeah, dollars or something. Stupid! It's crazy. They they eat two suckling pigs between the two of them. At least. And then there's, like, seafood and, like, like pheasant. And I'm just like, oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, well, the second doctor, when he snaps out of it, he has, like, a belly. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is really funny. And, and uh, there's a bit where, um, where the sixth doctor is like, you got me into this mess. And it, like, he's, like, screaming at him because he got him into this mess. And I... I'm fairly certain, you know, like in the context of the episode, he's talking about like, you know, I'm here because of you, because you, you, you're working for the Time Lords or whatever. But then I'm like looking at, I'm looking at Colin Baker and I'm looking at Patrick Troughton's little like tummy <laughs> that he's got sticking out. And I was mm-hmm. like, is this like a, is this, is this a fat joke? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> um, cause it was just, it was, it was like, he was like, oh, you got me into this mess. Cause you know, there's like that ongoing joke with, um, with uh, the sixth doctor, especially later um, after we leave Perry uh, with him constantly being put on a diet and mm-hmm. stuff, uh, which isn't just very silly and uh, not, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I feel bad for Colin Baker in those moments. Um, but I, I didn't know what that joke was. If that was a joke about the plot or if that was a joke about, uh, if that was like a weight joke for Colin 
Aww. Baker. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because uh, Robert Holmes, very svelte man. Um, Robert Holmes. So I could see him uh, fat shaming. Colin He's like Baker. an elitist vegetarian. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. Um, there's also there's also a little little flavor of xenophobia in this uh, in this story, mm-hmm. um, where they keep uh, they talk about like there was a point where um, where uh, Shock Guy asks Oscar, "Do you serve humans here?" And he's like, "Yes, uh, pretty much exclusively." <laughs> and they're like, they're like, he's like, "No, I mean, can we eat humans?" And I was like, "Oh no, I've heard there's a place in." Uh, uh, I don't know where somewhere in India. I think he said where you can eat people, but that's not yeah. here. And I was like, "Ooh, great joke, Robert Holmes." Oh boy, um, you English Englishman. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yikes. Uh, xenophobia, not fun. Um, the uh, uh, God, Oscar the waiter is just the best. I just love how polite he is. And yeah, when he even, tries to even go, at, even at the edge of death, even at the edge of death, because he tries to confront them about their $18,000 bill. And they're like, <laughs> he was like, he basically is like, Hey, look, guys, I don't care if you keep going, but, um, can you pay your tab first? And then we'll, we'll bring you out some yeah. more food. And they're just like, what? And then, uh, and then shock stabs him in the <laughs> belly and he just, he bleeds out right there in the restaurant. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty human death. For a Doctor Who episode, he doesn't get like disintegrated or turned to dust or so. He get, he gets stabbed in the stomach, and they they watch the life leave his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I was actually um, surprised that Shock Guy Shock Guy's been talking about eating someone. That's that's actually really time. true. And yeah. then he just kills him and walks away. I'm like, I mean, and like, just, that's and a not lot of meat just perfectly going away. That's the thing is, yeah, he he's like a rotund fellow. He's like a he's like a classic like soft face like waiter he's like he's um, like a guy in a cartoon where like somebody's really hungry and they look over at their friend and they see like a ham like they turn yeah. into a ham yeah like he, like that he, would be he oscar would, he would, uh, oscar would turn into like a ham or or, or another sucking pig <laughs> yeah or like a roast you know like a roast a, yeah, oh yeah. My God. it's like jamie would be like a drumstick because of his hair <laughs> but then yeah i know and then yeah, they all gather around Oscar as he as he has his death rattles and he he quotes a little bit of Hamlet and then he he reveals that he wanted to be an actor that that was yeah. kind of his like life goal. Well, he's a waiter, um, so <laughs> sure, yeah, like a lot of like a lot of waiters they wanted to be actors. Um, and yeah, and then he quotes Hamlet and and he and he pieces out. He quotes Hamlet. That's the most extra death I think I've ever oh seen. Oh my god, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and six and six even six even gives him a little back after he dies. Yeah, yeah. Like, good night. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah. And then, uh, okay. So Oscar, Oscar dies. Two and six finally meet. Like twenty minutes into this, into the story, twenty five minutes, thirty minutes into mm. the story, they finally meet. He yells at him. Then they immediately go their separate ways because the sixth doctor goes and uh, chases down. Um, he goes and he chases down Shock Eye. And then, like, okay, so earlier in the story, Oscar, when he was talking about hunting moths, 
he was like, yeah, I've got this little jar of cyanide and I put them in there and they breathe cyanide and they die. And then I, and then she's like really bummed out. She's like, why are you killing them? And she's like, so I can mount them and study them and whatever. I'm weird. Um, moths. Don't and, judge uh, me. Yeah. And, and, and so, uh, the doctor gets his cyanide jar and then pours it into a rag and murders, like, yes, murders. Shock eye. Like, I mean, I know he murdered he murdered Oscar a hundred percent. I'm not saying he didn't deserve to die, but yeah. like it couldn't have doctor, anyone guys. Yeah, it's the and doctor. It's, it's not it, like he like used a blaster or whatever. It was like straight up, like super personal, like chloroform rag, like murder. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, like a like a real sons of anarchy death. Yeah. Like just it's like the doctor just coming up behind him with the rag, holding him and just being like, shh, shh Yeah, it's shh, really awful. Just die. Just die. Shh. Like there you go. That's there you like, go. That's not how you want that's not how Except I want death. Iron Man Except Yeah, it. just like that that's not how I want Thanos to die in Infinity <laughs> War. I don't want Spider Man to Oh my god, to that like... would be incredible though. <laughs> I don't even want any of the Marvel characters to do it. I just want Colin Baker to show up out of nowhere and take out Thanos with some chloroform. That's enough now. Hush now, quietly. (laughs) And you know what? He would be justified because that is an intergalactic threat. Yeah, they need the doctor. They need they do. Uh, uh, Just the six doctor popping out of nowhere. And he's just like everybody gets one, and the do- and Spider Man's like, "Hey, that's my line." Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just <laughs> no, it, it it's a bonkers ending. Oh man, uh, the idea of any of any modern doctor doing that is is insane. He kills him with cyanide. <laughs> yeah, just waits behind a tree. And just suffocates him to death. <sighs> Horrifying. Um, <laughs> oh, man. We didn't even talk about uh, – uh, so like er- earlier in this um, in this episode, Perry uh, – I think it's in this episode. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Perry uh, uh, gets caught by, by Shockeye and is uh, taken in to be butchered. And there's like mm-hmm. – and it happens multiple times where, like, he's about to butcher someone and gets in- interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's, like, picking a place to, like, uh, chop her up. And it's really creepy. And then later with Jamie, he's, like, talking about how, like, the fat is marbling and Yeah, the he's using, like, a meat tenderizer on Jamie while he's still alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> Horrifying. Um. That's a thing that was happening. Uh, yeah, that's where I was like, I was like, he has to be a vegetarian. There's no way. Um, no, there's no yeah. way. This is this is some very very unsubtle yeah. satire. Like that line that he says about like primitive species, like primitive species not feeling pain, like we do. And uh-huh, I'm like, oh, the way yeah, that we do. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was weird. like, there's no way. There is no way that Robert Holmes is writing a line like that and then going and eating a hamburger. Like, it's just mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. it's not happening. It's a very There's Lisa no Simpson line. And I mean that in a very loving way, not in you know, this anti-Lisa Simpson <laughs> chat that I've been hearing on the internet lately. <laughs> that crap is insane. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, so they share two scenes together. Uh, yeah, six, it's a bummer. Six complains to two about putting getting him into this situation. Runs off. They get back together again. And they're just like, wow, that was weird. Sure was. All right, see ya. Bye. And that was that's it. You know, and it kind of is like maybe there's something we can take away. We're like, yeah, not all combinations of doctors meeting are going to be interesting. I like, think what this could have been. I don't know. I think yeah. it could have been interesting, but they they didn't allow yeah, it to yeah. because they never put them in the same yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's like, why even? Because the the really the only the only interesting thing is the 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 the, the tenet of no pun the, the you know the thing about oh it has to be a time lord's blood we need a time lord's blood so it, the doctor has to go and save himself. But if that's literally it, then just make it the master or. Another Time Lord, which we we all know we're very pro on the show, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it it feels like a real waste for them to communicate or bounce off each other that yeah. little. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, there's then, also uh, the doctor, there's yeah. there, well, there's also this little thing that I want to talk about that I that mm-hmm. I don't know that I've never I I feel like I've just never really noticed it but it or 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 i have noticed it but i haven't been able to like i don't know describe what i'm feeling yet but like there's a there's there's this weird thing that happens that um you know obviously can only happen in doctor who because the situation only presents itself to doctor who but the the weird thing where you know in any other time travel thing when a time traveler meets themselves as a younger person, they're they treat them like a kid, like, oh man, I can't believe I was ever that naive. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's so that like so stupid and um, you know, you got a lot to learn, kid, yada yada. LOL, they've lived longer, ha ha ha. But then <laughs> when it's the doctor, it's always the reverse. The younger doctors are treating the older doctors like they're rookies. And they've literally like the sixth doctor has literally been the doctor for like a thousand years longer than the second doctor. Right. Yeah. And yet the second doctor is just like, mm, one day you'll learn sixth doctor. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's just a weird phenomenon. And I know that it's because of the actors. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know it's the, it's, it's yeah. like a, it's like a meta thing that's happening, but it always rubs me the wrong way because it doesn't make any sense in the world. Like the new doctor should be treating the older doctor like their immature child self, and right? And, and and kind of a and what was so cool about about Twice Upon a Time was it had right. that juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that really I think that only worked the way that it did because Twelve is like an older guy, you know. So oh, that's very true. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like Smith and Hartnell, right? Smith and and yeah, right. If it was if it was if it was Smith and Hartnell or like Tennant and Hartnell. I think it would have played the opposite then. Mm-hmm. Uh and I don't I don't love that. Um I don't know, it's just weird. You guys No, yeah, I guess. Does, does that bother you guys? Does it No, it does. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't I, know. I, I guess I never saw. really it never really occurred to me that You know what I mean? Like it never really occurred to me that that was a weird thing, but like put in the in the yeah. context of like, well, I mean, the sixth doctor is way older than the second doctor, that makes a lot more sense and now I'm I don't know. <laughs> now, now, now you're going to be distracted gonna be, by like, it forever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know, like I look at um, 
a perfect example of this is in um, Time Crash. Right. Yeah. Where the Tenth Doctor is just like, oh, you are. Oh, you're so good. I like you. Oh, man. You're one of my heroes and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, no, it's cute that, like, David Tennant really loved the Fifth Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in the context of that, like, oh, man, it's just really sad. The idea of, like, middle age, uh, like, me as a middle-aged person going back to me as, like, a 19-year-old. And I'm just be like, oh, man. Oh, you were so cool. Like, oh, man. (laughs) Like, that's so sad. <laughs> like that's really sad. Man, this is really when I when I hit it when yeah, I peaked. So, <laughs> oh man, I peaked. Yeah. So like the doctor is like a, a wannabe jock that just peaked in high school. He wears his like letterman jacket. Absolutely. Still. <laughs> yeah. Look how thin I was. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. Uh I think I think if I you know, if I if I ever had the opportunity to write like a like a multi doctor crossover thing in like comics or whatever, I feel like I would write it that way um where it really is like the newer doctors are treating the older doctors like children mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. i that's what it would really be like i feel like i don't know um yeah. especially especially the in the context of a comic where you don't have to worry about actor right. egos yeah for sure yeah um, that's great I'm, I'm gonna be obsessed with the idea of like you meeting like oh four oh five scott and like uh, out. i would just i would just slap him and just go stop Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> like walk away. And and I I love it because it would ruin my entire life. <laughs> my, yeah. My 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 past self came back in time and I'd be like, oh my god, time travels. We oh I just got slapped by myself. What happened? <laughs> what do I do? You're like Why? a lawyer. What do I do? Oh no. <laughs> you know what you did. Um anyway and then uh then the doctor decides for him and perry that they're both vegetarian yep yep <laughs> that was it's fine just... it's, it's fine because i i like the doctor being vegetarian i think that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. to me oh um, it does for sure it, it always does. i just it really bothered me in uh 11th hour when uh the doctor is just like mm, bacon and and thankfully he hates it and spits it out, but uh, mm. it still bothered me that he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this," and I was like, "Yeah, that bothers me because he's always the guy that's like, every living creature okay. is important, and but also I'm gonna eat some of them because they taste <laughs> good. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a weird thing to do. Uh, I don't know. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, weird, weird, weird episode, but some really fun parts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean every every Robert Holmes story is uh there's there's you know, even the ones that are weaker like this and like um what's the second doctor one that he does? Oh his first story. Oh I hate that. Dominators? No, no, Dominators? No. Space pirates. No. Oh. Which is yeah really? which is awful. I doesn't he do the one with the uh, – he does the one with the uh, – uh, uh, where the people have the robots that they pray to or whatever, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that – isn't that the Dominators, that story that I'm I describing? I believe Where it's like the Wicker Man but with right. robots? Yeah, yeah. I think that's – I think that's Robert Holmes. I'm pretty uh, sure. Crotons. Oh, Crotons, right. And that's Space him, right? Pirates, both. Yeah, Crotons and Space Pirates. Okay. Space Pirates was first or Crotons, Crotons was first? Crotons was first. 
Okay, yeah. So his first story is I, I really like his first story. Uh Space Pirates just stop trying to make Space Pirates happen. Uh just stop trying to make Space Pirates happen, Doctor Who. Um it's not it doesn't <laughs> it's not gonna work. Um anyway. Uh small bit of news before we uh wrap up the show. Um did you guys uh see the post on our uh Facebook group about um the educational episodes that they're doing? I, I, yeah, I saw bit, it. Yeah. I didn't click on it. Uh, cause. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're going to do, um, they're going to do, uh, uh, the civil rights movement and they're going to have, um, Ooh. uh, the doctor, the doctor's going to meet, meet Rosa Parks. I hope that that goes better than it. I don't know. Better, better than. I hope that they handle it well. Yeah. I wish them the best. Yeah. Based on how they they would uh, deal with um, – based on how Chibnall dealt with uh, sensitive topics in Broadchurch, I think it'll okay. be okay because he does it uh, – he does it really well. There's a – well, it's not uh, – there, there's stuff that happens in that that is not uh, appropriate to talk about on this show. But it was done very tastefully and done very, very well um, and uh, – uh, positively i guess um dealing with victims and things mm-hmm. like that like the way that they deal with victims is very uh sensitive and 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 good and how we should always treat them and so uh that gives me hope that um it's not going to be uh screwy yeah. i think yeah so any event um i thought that was kind of cool uh throwback yeah, it does kind of to... it does kind of harken back to like in a, the original almost primordial vision of the show right mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So I like that. Uh it's pretty cool. Um I'm still uh I, I think I'm still in denial over the fact that there's only gonna be ten episodes. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that uh the ten episode arc means that we're gonna get it sooner than we think we're gonna get it. Um I've heard I've heard November thrown oh, out a wow. lot as when it's gonna air, and I just think that sounds like craziness to me. Um because I think uh, uh, supposedly the reason people are saying November is because it's it's uh, the uh, you know fifty fifth anniversary of right. Doctor Who this year, or as I like to call it, the five year anniversary. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's this year, and so people think that I'm hoping they time the finale with that date instead of the yeah. premiere, but because uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to wait that long. That's a really long wait. I don't want to wait. That, that long. seems. Um, I mean, and then would like the Christmas special be part of those ten episodes then if it comes back in November? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Is there even going to be a Christmas crazy. special? Don't even don't even put that into the <laughs> universe, Scott Corelli. Is is Twice Upon a, a Time the last? Oh, Christmas I hope special? not. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was such a Moffat thing. Well, not really. No, no. Yeah. No, yeah. not really at all. Yeah. It's no. Been, yeah. No, it's not going anywhere. Oh, I, I mean, I it, it, it got it got really it got really Christmassy under Moffat's tenure. Yeah. Um. What's uh? Oh, when when did wanna... uh? What 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 was the exact date on the the premiere of Doctor Who? It was like 23rd. November twenty third. November twenty third. Yep. Mm-hmm. The most important thing to ever happen on November twenty third. <laughs> yep. So the uh, I make that joke all the time. Um. 
Like way more than I should. Uh, like <laughs> no, it comes up way more than you would think. Uh, sure. Like I, I was like, I, I was watching the crown and the, and the JFK assassination <laughs> happen. I was like, Oh, Dr. Who premiered that day. Like yeah. <laughs> that's all I was thinking about. Oh my God. Oh, um, we lost our, there we lost our national innocence premiere of Dr. Who. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, the, um, uh, what was I gonna say? Okay, so November, November twenty third. Let me, let me. I'm gonna open up a calendar and try and see if I can figure this out. So November twenty third uh, is a Friday. So say they do Saturdays. So it's the twenty fourth is the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, nine, ten. So that would mean that the premiere would be on September twenty second, theoretically, seems, if they put the finale. That seems more like when someone says fall, I don't think of November. I think of like September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like fall TV. Yeah, right. September twenty second being the premiere back. of the new season of Doctor Who feels mm-hmm. right to me. Um, because it would we- be weird because it's either the finale is going to air then. Or the premiere is going to air then. And if the premiere a- airs then, it's going to – like the Christmas special is right in the middle of the season. That's that weird. Really weird. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, whatever happens, we'll always know that an episode <laughs> will come out on Christmas. Yeah. We'll be – whatever happens, we'll be here for you. Um, <laughs> holding each other's hands and yours uh, <laughs> as the change, changes are Every- coming. Every doctor needs its Jamie. God, I am going to be so sad if I don't like the new direction of the show. I'm going to be <laughs> Sometimes I think imagine? about that. I think about no. that and I'm just like, oh no. Like nothing against, nothing against like the doctor. But isn't that always like, how it is though? Because like, you know, I had just been like, I had, I was like a brand spanking new Doctor Who fan when Matt Smith came around, but I had just binge watch all of David Tennant and I'm like, oh, what if I hate him? And then... I don't know. With Capaldi, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, what it's if like I whenever, hate him? Yeah, it's like whenever. Yeah, it's like whenever your mom gets a new dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's every, not. It doesn't. Every time you're like, what if I don't like this dad? I, well, I always love the. It, it's not the doctor that I'm afraid of not liking. It's it's the it's the, the show. The yeah. show. The show. Yeah, yeah. Like the new version of the show. Um, I'm always afraid of like oh like because it's well you know you know they're restarting from one again and I just don't yeah. even. I just really want a trailer. I want a trailer. I want to know we, what the show we, you know, looks we, and feels like now. We we weathered the storm of series seven. True. And well, cast didn't. I, cast, hey, cast, man, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. yeah she, she came back. She came back. So, I mean, I can't imagine it ever getting worse. Oh, than, God, don't than, even say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not even good. Let's not even go there. Oh. Is it is it does it do you, do you guys find it strange that um like a year from now we're going to like saying the names Ryan, Yasmin and Graham are just going to be something that we do <laughs> that's all the exciting. time and we just know them. I, yeah, I, yeah, I like, just find that yeah, really interesting. And K9. A year from now we're going Yeah, a K9. A year from now we're going to know who's a, which Avengers are dead. Oh shoot. <laughs> also that. <laughs> We'll know that in like That's two true. months. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think. Uh, I'm also excited to see what the names of the episodes mm. are going to be. 
Oh, me too. Remember, remember how cool it was when we found out like the Magician's Apprentice, the Witch's Familiar. Like that was a cool weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're done here. <laughs> uh, go, uh, go, go! Check us out on uh, on our Facebook page, uh, the Doctor's Companion Listener Group. Um, talk about Doctor Who there. We're also on Twitter at TDC Pod. Uh, if you ever feel like emailing us, you can do that. Contact the doctorscompanion.us. I feel like email isn't the thing that people use anymore. Um, it used to be, and it's just not anymore. No one emails anybody anymore, uh, unless it's like uh, there, if there's a if, uh, work stuff. Yeah, it has to be like there has to be a purpose. Like you're you're emailing like a thing, a file or mm-hmm. something. Um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so that's that's that. You can you can email us if you if you want to. Uh, Support us on Patreon if you're not. Uh, it's you know we will shorten up the hiatuses between seasons if we get more support on uh, Dueling Genre uh, as, uh, Patreon DuelingGenre.com/support. Go check that out. Um, also, we are now um, officially uh, sponsored by uh, T Public. So if you uh, want to go and get uh, T Public stuff, you can go to duelinggenre.com slash merch and we will get a cut of anything that you buy off of T Public, not just nice. our stuff, but all the stuff. Um, so if you shop at T Public a lot or if you're planning on going to T Public, go to duelinggenre.com slash merch and uh, buy through that link and we get a cut of. All the money that you spend, T Public like sends us a little, a little, little off the top. They skim off a little off the top, and they send it to us um, for uh, sending you their way. So if that's if you're looking to get some uh, new T-shirts or whatever, uh, go go to T Public. Um, you know, uh, don't go to T Public. Go to DuelingGenre.com/slash/merch, <laughs> which will take you to T Public, and then we get a cut of the of the stuff. So go do that. If you have T Public, if you have like a T Public um, bookmark. Delete it, put in duelinggenre.com slash merch, and then bookmark it again. And then you won't even Don't have to Don't tell think me about what to anymore. do, Scott. <laughs> please do it, please. I'm not telling you. I'm just asking. Please. Um, anyway, that's another way that you can uh, you can support us if uh, you so desire. So uh, And it doesn't, uh, you know, it's no... No skin off your back. You're already spending the same amount of money at at at, at mm-hmm. T Public. Um, we just get a little bit of that, little bit of that cash. So anyway, remembers of the Daleks is next. Heck yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a real good episode. Nick's gonna love it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, all right. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week with that. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.